That Blues, Royal Blue family, you got Harry, you got Charlie, you got George now, George Hewitt in the midfield. How good are they looking? Burden stood up, Martin might kick the goal, kicks, rolls it through, Blues back in front. Cottrell, long one, Mackay in good marking shape, Motlock ground level, got his second in the quarter. Fisher gets another look at it and misses, no! Chera sweeps a handball forward. Can they finish? Grips from 52. Over the top. And bounces it through. Doherty. He's almost within range. He goes long. Monstrous. He's been the story of the season. The Blues are back, baby. G'day Blue Baggers and welcome to the Blues Footy Podcast. Your hosts Jed Zetzer and Harrison Hymans in the studio with you for our 2023 official season preview. Bolt, welcome. G'day. How are you? I'm good. Very excited on the eve of a new season. It's come around pretty quick. It's come around the bend quickly. I actually was, yeah, rattled today thinking about the fact that Round one is coming up in 72 hours. Yeah, it's crazy. And uh, I feel like the build-up to the season in general has been a little bit more low-key this season. Maybe just because we're starting that extra week earlier. I'm not sure, but it's it's exciting. It's exciting. It's very exciting. It is exciting. And we kick things off, as per usual, against the arch-rivals and the arch-enemy, Richmond. It's going to be an absolute classic Thursday night at the MCG at the ripe time of 7.20. Yep. Uh, Bolt, we found out the news today. Lockie Cowan and Ollie Hollands will do, will be debuting. I thought this was a nice place to start the pod because we're both big fans and I think this is a reward for effort in a first preseason, really a mega first preseason for these two young lads. Yeah, it's good. I actually had them both in my 23, so I'm not too surprised that they're both playing. It's good. You know, it's always nice, you know, recognition, I guess, for the recruiting staff as well when you get your first round pick and the guy you specifically traded up to get in the second round pick playing first off the bat. I like it. So it's, you know, recognition to those guys as well, but we'll see how they go. Is in, you know me, we'll wait to see how they play in the big time. Um, look, and it, it's obviously a tough occasion, but they've just got to play their role. You know, it doesn't need to be rising star nominee worthy. You just got to play your role and they're going to be two really important role players going forward, it seems. Yeah, they definitely are. There definitely are. There's you, you, there's no, there's absolutely no doubting that. Um, I think Cowan, especially, you know, when you refer to a role player and that role and that specific term, I think Cowan will definitely be a role player, and he's got a big role to play on Thursday night. We'll speak about that all a bit later, but to kick off our official season preview, Bolt, I think the place that we have to start is with the team, the twenty-two yep. or the twenty-three, I should say. So I've got a question for you. What is your 23 looking like for our, for our, our list and then for round one? So we'll go with providing everyone's fit. Yeah, I haven't really given it much thought for it providing everyone's fit. We'll, do, we'll do round one and then what we'll do is we'll sort of yeah. peel it back. And Well, I'm pretty certain for round one, we can start with the back seven. Yeah. I think there's going to be a distinct seven on Thursday night being we've mentioned Cowan, Nick Newman, Adam Saad, Sam Doherty. 
and then the three bigger boys in McGovern, Young, and Wiedering. I think they're going to make up the back seven on Thursday night. It's a pretty good dynamic of players. It looks like, well, during the, the both preseason games, Saad did play a little bit more defensively than you probably would have preferred, which may just be extra cover given there's no Williams or, or whatnot. And obviously, you just got to, I guess, you don't want to throw Cowan straight into the deep end either. Um, and, and, you know, you're afraid of that back seven. We're not going to count Williams because he's out for the year, unfortunately. Yeah. But, like, if Jordan Boyd and Caleb Marchbank were fit for round one, do you think they would be playing or do you think it would be the same seven? It's, it, it's tough to know. As in, uh, the more I think about it, I'm not 100% sure Marchbank would play. I, I'm really not sure. I just think it might skew the balance of the back line a little bit. Mm. Having Marchbank rather than Cowan, let's say hypothetically, um, it would that would really ensure that Saad has to lock down if that was the case. Yeah. So I'm I'm not a hundred percent convinced that Marchbank would actually play. Not that I'm a. It's tough, as in most preseason, I would have had him in my twenty-two for round one. But you know the way I saw Saad play, I just thought he was a little bit restricted, and I think Cowan might almost unlock be able to unlock Saad a little bit. Mm. So it, it's interesting. I'm not too sure. And then I guess with Boyd and Cowan. It's tough to know as well. As in, obviously, Boyd played the seven or eight games last year, showed a bit in his last two or three, but to definitively say he'd play ahead of Cowan, it's, yeah, I guess it would just depend on the preseason, which Boyd hasn't had one. So it's tough to know. As in, those two would be a flip of the coin, I'd say. Yeah, they definitely definitely would be a flip of the coin. Um, moving on into the midfield. Oh, we'll leave the midfield to last, maybe. Let's do the forward line. Well, I think there's a clear forward seven there as well given it's um, obviously Kerno, Mackay, Silvani, Fisher. I'd say lock those four in. And then I guess they're going to play- the Motlop. T- and they're going to play the two smalls. As in, well, I know there was a little bit of an injury doubt over Motlop. They're yeah, saying yeah, he'll yeah. be okay, but Motlop and Durden are obviously, they're complete and utter locks in the team, if available. Yeah. Um, they're going to play two of Motlop, um, Durden, Owies, and Honey. Hopefully, it's the first two. It just depends on injuries, I guess. Um, but it, it sounds like Durden and Motlop are going to get up. As in, well, Durden hasn't had a preseason or hasn't played any preseason games. Hasn't even run out for the VFL team. So it's tough to know. Maybe Owies does get the gig round one. It's hard to tell. But I think those would be the six. And then I think Jack Martin's going to slot somewhere. I, I think he's going to be the 23rd man. I think he might be the substitute or, and play that type of a role. But then I, I also think that we're going to play the two Ruckman, or I think DeConning will spend a bit more time down I forward. don't love playing the two Ruckman. Yeah, I hate it as well. I just think they're going to do it. I think team balance and the way we want to play with leg speed. Yeah, no. Probably I, better off not playing both Ruckman. I don't like it. Um, but I think Richmond are going to be so exposed with their key defenders. No Gibkiss, no Tarrant, which leaves Boltart to play. It's tough to know whether he'll get Kerno or Mackay. He might have to get Mackay just for height reasons. And then it's a matter of whether Richmond play that debutant in the back line they're going to play. I think his name's... Oh, I keep forgetting his name. The mature age, 24-year-old of a soccer background. Tyler someone. I keep forgetting his surname. Mm. And then it's a matter of whether they you know, stick him on a kerno or whether they have to go and play broad and grimes above their size. So it, it sounds like a win-win when, it, when you just speak about those two forward options, let alone putting DeConning down there and really making them have to think about someone else. Tyler so, Young. Tyler Young. That's his yeah. name. So, it's um, it, it's tough to know. Uh, but I think we're going to play the two Ruckman. So, I think that will be the forward mix. And I have Martin as my 23rd man at the moment. But you wouldn't be, you know, you wouldn't be surprised if you saw Martin down there. But 
once again, he's had a very restricted preseason, so I'm not too keen for him to walk straight in. Yeah, that's fair enough. But, yeah. It's going to be very interesting. Look, I think the push will come to shove, and the, the interesting part of selection will be if Durden doesn't get up, is who they select out of Oes and Honey. That'll be interesting. Uh, midfield bolt. Yeah, well, so we've just named, I guess, the f- forward two, the back seven, the forward seven, plus to Conning is 15. So um, so there's going to be eight to go. So Pitternet will play, making it 16. Mm. Cripps, Chera, Hewitt, Kennedy get you to 20. Then the three wingers, Hollands, O'Brien, Akers, 23. That's where I sit on it. Uh, I, like I, it. I don't really see another combination. I think it's quite an easy 23 to script. You know, the sub might vary, but I think in terms of the 23, that I think that has to be the, I guess, you know, the ma- the makeup of the team. As you know, there are any other alternatives you could you, you may expect to play? Oh. Well, it's tough because of, you know, selection's almost made easy because of all the injuries. Like, we're just missing a lot of those fringe players who well, might or but, might but not play. But I think play. the makeup of the team would be the same. As in, you know, if Cottrell was available, whether it's Cottrell or Brian, you yeah, know. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. But, like, we would be... We'd, we'd, the makeup of the team wouldn't be different, but we'd be speculating who gets picked. Of course, picked. of course. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Look, I think, you know, we're sort of wearing thin on depth already. Like, you look at the emergencies, because of all of our injuries, you look at the emergencies, like, it's you're probably looking at Dow. Um, Ed Kerno. Car- yeah, Ed Kerno. I was going to say Carol Kemp, maybe Plowman. Sincotta. Yeah, Sincotta. Um Yeah, so... It's definitely going to be um, quite intriguing to see how they go with selection. But I do think you're right. I think at this point in time, it looks pretty straightforward. I wouldn't be surprised if Ed Kerno plays. Yeah. Like, I I, I, I almost think I'd prefer... He, I, I, if if Durden doesn't get up, I want Kerno in the... T- I'd like to see Ed Kerno. Well, play. the way I see it is... Um, Oh, I said after we did the podcast, after that Collingwood practice game, I said the only reason why I'd want to see Ed Kerno play is if he has that defensive lockdown role on Jaden Short, and Jaden Short's not going to play. So I don't really see a purpose for Ed Kerno. As in, can he bring that manic pressure up forward? Can he, you know, create a bit of chaos? Can he create a bit of flair? I'm just not sure if he can. Mm. And, uh, you know, as much as I don't love Matt Owies, I think he's going to be, at least be able to offer a bit more, you know, in terms of the tackling inside 50, in terms of just scrapping at ground level. But, you know, it'd be very Carlson to just fall back on Ed Kerno. I, I just think, you know, and that's why I like the Cowan selection, you know. The easy selection there is Lucky Plowman. But let's kind of evolve the team, move forward as a team. And, you know, you, we don't have to go back and, you know, play Kerno and the Plowmans and all these guys straight off the bat. Mm. Which is why I, 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 I'm not too keen to see Kerno on Thursday night. Yeah, it's a it's it's a tough one. Selection for round one is always very difficult. Uh, but so the injury list as we as we see it right now, because there are a couple of names that are missing there, and we'll we'll quickly run through. I think we haven't got much clarity, to be totally honest, on um, on I guess how our injuries are tracking. Um, as I just get the injury list up now, Michael Voss was on 360 tonight. He sort of asked about it. He said, Walsh, definitely not playing round one. They're hoping uh, for the next couple of rounds. But uh, a comment he made, which I picked up on, was he said that, you know, the next box that Walsh has to tick is he has to get back into full training. So if he's not yet in full training, I think round four is not 
I think that's probably looking likely. I don't yep. think he'll be back before round four. Yeah, it's probably going to be around there, mm. around Easter. Um, yeah, which will be, yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, but yeah, no update to Jordan Boyd, no update to Matt Cottrell. Uh, there's not really anything much to say at this point about David Cunningham. We hope that... Well, they didn't elect him to, you know, he didn't elect to have surgery on that shoulder. So, well, it's it's a Hail Mary. It really is a Hail Mary for David Cunningham right now. Corey Durden uh, could play. Be interesting to see. Lockie Fogarty, no update. Uh, Mitch McGovern should play. Matt Owies is fit and ready to go. Yeah, no, McGovern's played fit. the last two weeks in the VFL. He's in. And uh, Sam Walsh as well, as we mentioned. So, looking forward to that injury list shrinking. We really hope. Fingers crossed and touch wood. Uh, Bolt, as we move on, we're going to get into our crystal ball for season 2023. Uh, I'll roll the questions out to you. You give me answers and we'll dissect each one. First one we got to kick off with is where do you see us finishing on the ladder in 2023? Well, give us two. Give us firstly an exact position prediction and then a bracket of four spot, like yep, four spots. Yep. Um, well, before I go into that, the, um, the negative Nancy in me, Negative. Na- Look, I've, I, everyone says I'm negative Nancy, but I've always remained firm that I'm just a very realistic person. I was realistic in a dark era. So I'm going to stick to my realistic, you know, my, my actual, I always think with my AFL hat on and I'm going to do that again. There's all, I actually think, you know, we finished ninth last year. The records will say we didn't play finals. We were virtually, we were virtually there. If you look at it in the, the bigger picture, the bigger picture, 12 wins. And I think they're going to get more than 12 wins. Um, this year, obviously, we've got the extra game. So, I'm anticipating they should be good enough to win 40. I think we're going to be pretty good this year. I'm anticipating they should win 14 to 15 games. And I'd expect nothing less than the bracket of three to six. Nothing less. I'd rather Carlton this year win 15 games and get knocked down in straight sets than stumble over the line winning 12 and win a final. I'm all about the long game here. I'd rather them win the 15 in the home and away season and plonk out straight away, then win the 12, sneak in by 2%, win one final and go out in the second round. Mm. So I think you've got to play the long game. You just got to keep building those home and away wins. And I think we're good enough too. Um, yeah, I actually think, God, I, I could have people coming back to me in August. I, I actually think we're going to finish third. That's the number I've given you the whole summer. Yeah, it is. The number three is where we'll be. Statistically speaking, there's always one team from outside the eight that makes the four. And I think we're the obvious candidate for that. Not the Bulldogs? They made the eight. Ah, true. At our expense. (laughs) See, that's what I'm saying. They virtually didn't make the eight. We virtually did, you know, in the bigger picture. Um, I think Port Adelaide's a a nice little shout for that as well. But Yeah, I like Port a lot. Same. But I think we're going to be quite good. I think if, you know, the chips fall our way with... The variables that we sometimes can't control. Well, I think the things we can control will make us a pretty good footy team this year. And uh, I've never really had that expectation of playing the long game where it's like, you know, we're, we're playing for the now really. You know, I'm all about, obviously, you know, you've, you've always got to keep the long term in mind, but I'm all about the short to medium term decision making right now where you've got to cash in almost. And I, I think they are, look, I'm not necessarily saying they will make the four, if they do make the four, it's going to be a steam train going through Victoria in the finals. It'll be absolutely, it'll be bedlam. But <laughs> I, 
they're gonna they should fall somewhere around the fourteen to fifteen win mark, which will get you either you know where it's third at best, six at worst. Yep. That's how I kind of see it. Where have you got us? Um, yeah, look, three is my lucky number. I think I've said it a million times on this show. Uh, shout out to Jesse Motlop. But uh, yeah, no, I reckon you know the way I look at it, and I've and I've stood by this opinion basically since. Brendan Bolton took over and, you know, our list started taking shape and we got the Kernow and Mackay and Weedering draft. Like, I've stood by this opinion for a while and that opinion is that if things do click and come good to a point where we're actually playing finals and going deep, I just think it'll be the type of run that takes us all the way, whether that be to a flag or whether that be to a grand final or a prelim uh, is up for... You know, we'll wait and see how that goes. But I do think that if things click and we start playing good footy, we'll get through to a prelim. I think that that is the that's the starting point. And when I say a prelim, I mean, yeah, either top four or you know have a good run from outside the top four. But yeah, I don't see this team as a team that's just going to finish eighth, seventh, or even sixth. I think if it yeah. clicks, it's because if because it, if it clicks. Like, you know, you can see the quality on the, sure. on the 22. Yeah, it'd like, be scary to play like against. If it clicks, it's going to go all the way. It's very similar to Melbourne. As in, you know, your, your top five or six are genuine ballers. Like, they're, they're, they're well, mega mate, stars. look at our list. Look at but, our list. You look at the forward line. We've got you've two got of the best. That, that core group of six or seven. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. If you look but, at our team across the board, look at our forward line. And these are all members of our core six or seven. Colonel Mackay, two of the best three or four or five key forwards in the game. You look at the midfield, Walsh and Cripps, two of the best five midfielders in the game. Yep. We've arguably got the best fullback in the game in Mr. Weedering. Yep. Um, and, you know, you sprinkle a couple of players in there across the board that are pretty good. Yep. And, you know, now we're talking. And sure. that's That's why I just think that if this team clicks, it's going to be... It's. I don't see this team clicking and finishing eighth. I don't see it clicking uh, and finishing in, seventh. For me, finishing seventh and eighth this year is a complete waste of time. Yeah, no, so that's what I'm saying. I just, I don't see it clicking and us finishing there. I see if it clicks, it's going to go bonkers and explode. And that's why my prediction is if it does click, I think we'll finish third. And if it doesn't click, I don't think we'll make the eight. Yeah, and and it could very well be something like that, where it's just- We're just not going to be in between. It's, that's not this tight, because- I think I've gone on about it long enough. Yeah. But yeah, my, my prediction is I'm going to be an optimist and I'm going to say we'll finish third. Um, if I give a bracket one to four, I don't, you know, as I said, it's, it's top four or bust, I think. Mm. Finishing top. I don't know if I could handle that. I don't know if I've got that in me. Just expectation at the pointy. I don't, I actually don't know if I don't <laughs> I'd almost rather pay my flights to go away for the qualifying final. I actually don't know if I've got that in me, <laughs> being the favourites in a home qualifying final. I don't, I don't think I'm there yet. <laughs> I'm really not. Um, we'll see. It, it's going to be. It's a very interesting year for the footy club. It really is. There's just a lot on the line for a lot of people as well. Because you know, you, you you look twelve months ahead, and if it doesn't click as you said this year, and they do finish tenth or eleventh which is obviously a disaster. You know, where does that leave guys like Michael Voss? Where does that leave the whole Luke Sayers plan? Where does that, you know, where, where does that leave a lot of key heads at this football club? 
is it panic stations or do you back the process in again? It's a big hypothetical, but you almost feel like this year, you know, last year the declaration was there that they have to play finals and I could handle the improvement made last year. It was very tough at the end to grasp the whole circumstance, but I could handle it with the bigger picture in mind. They got their 12 wins, the positive win-loss ratio, but there's for me, there's no reason why the win-loss ratio should go backwards before they lift the cup. There's no reason why it should. That's how I see it. Fingers crossed, mate. We'll see. Bloody hope so. Um, looking at our, our list, got to give a prediction for the best and fairest this year. The best and fairest? Well, I think... We're, go- we're going right in the deep end here, yeah, but that's uh, what a crystal ball is for. For sure. Um, these are merely just our predictions. Yeah, I'm, I'll go... Paddy Cripps will back it up again. Yep, I do have to go with Mr. Cripper. Uh, most improved player... And, and, a, and a smoky as well. Sorry for the best and fairest. A smoky for the best and fairest. So like a smoky's yeah, not yeah. Sam Walsh. A smoky's nah. like, you know. I'm a betting man. I know what a smoky <laughs> means. <laughs> um, well, my smoky can lead me into to who I think is going to be the most improved player because I've been pretty hot on this guy all summer, um, and I think Adam Chera as my smoky for that, and I think most improved. And you know, there's obviously different levels of improvement. I just think he's going to become a dead set gun. I, I think really he had so. he had dead set gun games last year. Didn't have that dead that gun season, but I just think the package will come together this year, and I think it'll be. I'm, I'm very optimistic on Chera. You know, I remember watching him play at Fremantle. I used to call him the Rolls Royce. He 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 glides. He's very very good. He had a very you know he struggled with continuity last year, but he had you know the five six seven games where I was wowed, and I just think it will come together for him. I'm pretty confident. I really hope so. Uh, for me, Smokey for the BNF is Matt Kennedy. I think if he can put 22 games together at a consistently high level, it'll be good. You're, you're smiling. Yeah, I can't see him winning a best and fairest. Why not, though? He's just... I just can't see it. He just doesn't strike me as a best and fairest winner. I see it just because I think he's a midfield bull who yeah. kicks goals and takes overhead no, marks. He is. He, he's all those things. I just I don't know. It'd be a bit weird seeing him win a John Nichols medal. Do you not feel like in recent years players like that have won BNF in premiership years? BNFs, I should say, for, for other teams. Not real. Just random players like that. Yeah. Like Jaden Short won one for Richmond. Yeah. I think that's Al Saudi. Yeah, but I'm not saying yeah, position. I, I, I don't know. I don't like, know. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see. It's a smoky. Yeah, it's my a smoky. smoky is Matt Kennedy. He's one of my favourites. Wishing him best of luck for this year. My most improved, well, Jesse Motlop's up there, but we've got to go something different because I think everyone's saying Jesse Motlop. Um, my most improved, I think uh, I think Zach Fisher. Yep. If he can take his game to that next level, he can become unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I thought he took really good strides last year, so if he can go again... And I'm actually quite comfortable with the level he performed at last year. Obviously, you always want them to go again. But if, yeah, if he went again, it'd be great. Very interesting. It will be very interesting. Uh, taking a look at the leading goal kicker. I'll go Charlie. Flip of a coin, yeah. I'll go. <laughs> Heads or tails. Just because you said Charlie, I'll say H. Um, do you want to wager it? <laughs> what else do we do in this crystal ball? Well, I think the the one big thing we can say, Crystal Ball, you know, there's always someone who right now we're sitting here and 
I'm the best at doing it. I scoff at people when they name certain players that are going to become best 22 players, best 23 players. You've got to change the vocabulary. Mm. Is there someone you just see coming out of the clouds to be a lock in the team by the end of the year? So last year, Matt Cottrell was clearly the winner of that award. Yeah. As in, I was pretty firm he shouldn't have been on the list, let alone I didn't want him dropped. Our All-Australian medical sub. <laughs> um, no, well, look, I think that if Lockie Cowan has a good year, he's going to be a lock. But like, someone that you, someone that's not going to play on Thursday night, is there someone that's not playing... Okay, that's a great one. ...that you tip to be in there by the end of the year as a regular senior footy player? It's, it's, uh, it's a bit of a on-the-spot one. Yeah, I don't mind it. There's one that comes to mind, and... Wouldn't be good news for a certain someone who th- signed a three-year deal today. <laughs> yeah. We've got to speak about that. We'll speak about it, but I wouldn't be totally surprised if Sam Durden was a lock by the oh, end of the year. I didn't think, oh, that's a huge call. No, I'm not predicting it, but I'm not necessarily saying it will yeah, happen. I'm yeah. just saying yeah, wouldn't be totally surprised. Like, I think... I think it will only take a couple of average games for them to give him a crack over Lewis Young. Like, I think if Lewis Young has a bad month, they'll give him a crack. And I don't know. I've seen weirder things. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it'll happen. No. Would You, you would have gone like this if I said Cottrell last year. No, mate. I know. That's what I'm saying. I said I'd do it. Yeah, I scoff yeah, at people. Yeah. I said I'd do it. I, <laughs> I did warn you. That's how I react. But, I guess ooh. the other one. The other one, which I still haven't come to terms with Lockie Fogarty and how his career's panned out because his first month, his first two months in Navy Blue were unbelievable. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. Let's let's put put the handbrake on here. For what he was, they were unbelievable. Oh. Very impressive. Oh. No, they were. What do you mean, mate? Half decent. No, that's ridiculous. He had games where he was getting 25 odd. So did Sam Kerridge. Yeah, no, nah, but different. You know, they're different. And anyway, yeah, the, t- truth be told, there's just not many on our list that fall into that category. Yeah. That's I, why I went with Durden, because yeah. I was looking through the list and going, he's probably one of the only ones who really falls into that category. Like, the other one that I was thinking was maybe Kemp, but like- Yeah. Oh, Kemp's just the mystery man at the moment, isn't he? Mm. He- Needs to pull his finger out. I think for me, the one in that regard, I always thought, I just think this will only come with opportunity, like unfortunate opportunity in the way of injuries. And I think it could be Jack Carroll in that regard as a player that might- I really hope so. As you a know, player that, that might just get caught upon, whether it's, you know, it could be any time and thrown straight in and might just, you know, never look back. Uh, for me, that's my obvious choice. Um, I guess David Cunningham's an interesting one in that regard as well. If he does, you know, have a crack at it again. Mm. But, you know, I'm pretty, you know, I'm pretty sold on O'Brien and Akers. Yeah. O'Brien, and we didn't do a podcast after the Sydney game because, you know, it wasn't necessary. They played like crap. Don't need to talk about a bad, pracky game performance. And O'Brien was terrible in that game. But I, I And O'Brien's going to have really low days like he did last year. But I just think O'Brien at his best just is someone you have to have in the team so I'm pretty sold with the wingers at the moment but I do think if it's a bit like Carol if there's a sneaky opportunity that comes up they might never look back yeah so it's interesting Sam Durden come on 
What do you mean, mate? <laughs> you laugh, but if Lewis I, Young, I, God I, forbid, gets injured tomorrow, who do you reckon's playing? I'd rather than play Tom DeConning at centre-half back. Well, that's the leeway into one of our Twitter questions, which I plan on talking about for a while on this show tonight. Yep. Um, I haven't looked at the Twitter questions. Well, should we get into the Maybe Twitter it was questions? Maybe bur- was it my burner account? Could have been. Should we get into the Twitter questions? Yeah, we can. We covered all, everything else? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Twitter time. And it's going to be very interesting uh, to scroll through these questions because, uh, gee, round one, 72 hours away, and there's a lot to talk about uh, that we haven't covered yet. We're going to start off with Damon Mule, uh, Mule, Mule, the great man, and we'll, we'll get him on a Twitter um, on a Twitter space. Well, we'll be Twitter space we'll during Wednesday night, maybe. Yep, 6.30ish after the teams are out. Yeah. And he's he's made a slight adjustment to the Twitter account. The, oh, I saw he's got the apostrophe going. The Mule. It's a bit shishy. I like it. Damon Mule. We're going to call him <laughs> Mule now um, with that little thingamabob on top of the E. Uh, good to be back, boys. Besides injuries, what do you think is stopping us from making a genuine run this year? Well, that's, I guess, you know, when I say the variables we can't control, it's almost what I was referring to. I think the only people that are going to stop us are ourselves. You know, I just think if we have games on our terms, I think we're going to be very hard to stop. We've got a very good mix of speed and height and like forward potency. I think it's a very good mix of plays. I think the team's in a very good position compared to teams across the league. Um, it's not perfect, um, but it never will be with me talking about it. But it's 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 a good mix. I think, you know, if we're switched on enough and we win games like the one coming up on Thursday, then there's no reason why, you know, we should be stopped. Jimmy Faz, another great man who always joins us in the space, as Jimmy said, now that Cottrell's injured, who's going to be our, who's going to be our best sub? It's a great question. couple of answers. So yep. Timothy J said Jack Martin. Yep. Like Charlie Lagudi said Hollands. Nathan said Hollands. And Amy said you. Me? <laughs> no, 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 not me. Oh, Jimmy Faz. Yeah. <laughs> Relax. Well, hold Jimmy. On. So, well, that's an interesting question. So them saying Ollie Hollands and Cowan are debuting doesn't rule them out for the 23rd man. Oh, definitely not. Just thought about that now. Yeah, definitely not. Because the 23rd man still plays. Yeah, yeah. It's not like the medical sub where yeah, they yeah. might not play. It's interesting. This is that yeah, yeah. ridiculous subs back. No, I, I like this. I like this I sub. I absolutely hate it. I like it. It's good tactics. Why not just have them... Have five on the bench? Yeah. Why do you have to have a sub? It's ridiculous. It's tactical. It's an absolute joke. No, I don't, I don't Ruins know. careers, I reckon. No, if you're good enough, you'll overcome the green vest. Some players don't. The good ones... Get through it. The best ones get through it. Not necessarily players oh, it could carve out. I just think it's like someone. I I just think if yeah, clubs know if they're good enough or not, I really do. But back any, to it. But Who's the gonna, sub. Yeah. Well, I, I like Jack Martin as the sub, but hopefully he plays well enough that he's not in that role. But you know, based on the last twenty four months, I see that as his role for the right now, Jack Martin. But. You know, it depends how they want to use it. There's in, you know, between 2011 and 2015, it was those impact players coming off, but maybe would use it for someone like, you know, don't, I'm going to scoff at myself here, but maybe you could use it for someone like Lockie Plowman, who has the ability, if need be, if you lose someone in the bigger department, he can kind of play down back or you can shift the magnets. And, you know, he played that second half against the Bulldogs last year up forward. Or, you know, we saw Young have a half against Freo up forward. So it just depends how you want to go about it. Whether you want to actually get structure versatility or you want to get impact. That's how I kind of, you know, maybe Chincotta instead of Plowman for that role. 
Obviously, it's not going to be him but um, on Thursday night, but it's very interesting. I like Jack Martin for that role at the moment. Maybe it's an Owies going forward. Yeah, Owies is an interesting one. I think uh, for me, I'd like to see Ed Kerno in the role. Um, see, but that doesn't fit any of my criteria. Structural yeah, versatility and I think impact. it's completely structural versatility. He can play in the midfield, he can play up forward, and he can play down but, back. But I think if you lose someone in the middle, you can, you know, you can move Doherty, you can move, you know, Fisher. Mm. You know, I think there's a little bit more flexibility on the ground already. But if you lose, Wedering pops his shoulder against Collingwood again in round 10. I don't think... Do you get what I mean? It's, it's kind of... He's a bit in between for that role, I find, with Kerno. Mm. I feel like it has to be genuine personality off the bench... Or it's just going to be, you know, someone who can allow us to shift big magnets around. We'll move ahead. But, and, and hopefully it's Cottrell by the time he's back. A lot of Cottrell on this show. Because Imagine. Ben, because Ben... Ber- yeah, well, that's the thing. That guy's going to be, be drooling when he takes the green vest off. It's going to be yeah. like like, a, like an attack dog. Good. It's going to be like putting a lion... On yeah. a footy field. Well, that's kind of what it was. It was he's the All-Australian substitute. It's not on his Wikipedia for some reason. Someone else can do that. Um, but, God, it'll be interesting. Uh, staying on the topic of Cottrell, Ben Birchall says, who will we get Cottrell-style improvement out of this year? And yeah. we spoke about it. Um, well, Sam Durden, according to you. Yeah. Um, no. Hang on, that's not... Well, no, no. That's, that, the, that's the whole concept. Someone coming from the clouds. Cottrell came from the brink of disaster. Mate, you said... You didn't say... You you didn't say improvement. You just said someone who might be a lock in the 22 at the end of the year who we'd scoff at now. Yeah, that's Cottrell-style improvement. Yeah. Anyway. I uh, thought Cottrell would be playing for, like, Port Melbourne. Um, yeah. I like... I like the Jack Carroll call. You know he's one of my boys. Yeah. Um, Mickey C says... Two questions. One, what's the ruck combo? And two, should Jasos play if both Pittenote and DeConning are selected? And can he? Oh, I think Silvani has to play. He is just well, yeah, a He's must. the number one seed out of the three. He has to be. It's yeah, not even close. Go, yeah, no, he is... A, I, they have to play Jack Silvani. Lock and load. Lock and load. He's just so important to the makeup of our team. He is irreplaceable, really. Um, and I don't say that lightly, but Jack Silvani has to be in that team. Yeah, he is irreplaceable. Yeah, he's very, very good at what he does. 100th game on Thursday night for Sauce as well. Mate, I'm going to put my hand up and say I didn't think he would become the player that he's become. When I first watched him at AFL level, even his first 20, 30 games, I just thought, not sure. Not sure if we're playing this guy because he's good or if, you know, because of his father, I wasn't sure. But, you know, it all clicked for him at the back end of 2019. And uh, he has just improved so much since then. And he is, you know, you speak about value and, you know, you mentioned the word irreplaceable. I see Sauce dead set as our, almost our sixth or seventh most value, most, yeah, one of our most important, probably sixth or seventh most important player in this outfit. Yeah, no, he is. It was because if Sos goes down, you don't really replace him. You just play the two rucks. Well, it's not even that. It's it's more. I'm not. It's more the link he provides between D fifty and inside forward fifty. He's yeah, a, he's a he's a very good 
mark, you know, um, out in front. He's a very good... Um, What's the word? What's the term? He's a very good, you know, lead-up player. Yeah, he's very good about. He's very clean above his head, and he's just, he's just a good. He's a very good. Thinker. He's good at everything, man. No, I'm very, I'm, I'm a big Silvani fan. Um, he did start slow, and he barely played in 2020. I think he only played three or four games. Yeah, so it was more, you know, he, he just found his niche at the start of 2021 as that guy that could take seven, eight marks, have his 15 disposals, and really, you know, be good for a goal a week. He's very important to us, Silvani, and good on him. Uh, Tim's trading. Can we? But really- the, sorry, but the ruck combination. I personally like the one ruck. I don't know who because I don't love them both. Plus Silvani, but I think they're going to go the two. Uh, this one's coming from Tim's trading. Can we really afford to start with two losses if we want to finish in the top six? Um. Well, that'll probably. Oh, end, look. That'll probably end up being the difference. Really, well, if we go two and zero, oh, we're looking good. And if we don't, if we go zero and two, that's probably going to be why we don't make it. If we don't make it, I think it depends how if they are going to go zero and two. I think it depends how they lose as well. Um, you know, if it's just so obvious that they're not up to that level, then that's a genuine concern. But if there's signs where they are, because we up weren't to- up to it against Geelong last year, when we no, played them. we it weren't was, up, to and it, it was abundantly obvious. Yeah, I agree. Um, but you know, if they do go zero and two, and it's you know, you can see they're quite good. You can kind of live with it because the five games after that, and it's weird to think you then got to go win five in a row. But after that, it's Giants, North Melbourne, Adelaide, St Kilda, West Coast. Three of them into state, which makes it a little bit curly and a little bit nervous. Crows over there is not easy. It's not easy. And none of them over, none of them into, I think the Giants will be okay. But even West Coast over there, you just never know. But um, I, I think, look, one, I think by the end of round seven, I'd like to be five and two. I'll put it to you this you'd way, like, mate. You'd like to be five it's and not, two. And I think last year's complete proof in the pudding. It's not how you start. It's how you finish. And I would not... I don't want to go eight and two again to then, you know, have our little burnout at the end of the year. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. There's I'd, no point I'd stumbling go, into the eight. I'd rather go f- zero and five and finish like a house on fire like Collingwood did. Yeah. Well, well but that was my point. I'd yeah. rather win 15 games and go out in straight sets and stumble over the finish line and pinch a final. Yeah. So I just think you've got to play the long game here. It's all about that win-loss ratio for me right now, and it should take care of itself if we just keep bettering that. Adrian says, I'm worried for Lob. Think he gets pushed out once Walsh comes back. I can see Akers on the wing with Walsh and Chera rotating mid and wing. I, I, I can agree with that. I yeah. think if, if Walsh was playing round one, O'Brien would be the guy who we probably don't have in there. Or is it Hollands? Well, yeah, probably Hollands. Well, we'll yeah, have to wait to see Hollands. But yeah, he's, he's right. He's right. It would be one of them. Going to have to just wait and see how they start the season. For sure. Tommy says, Hewitt and Kennedy were massive standouts for me last season. Do you think they can improve even more and take their game to an elite level? It'd be great if they did. I, 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 I'm pretty confident George Hewitt would have won the best in Ferris last year if he didn't if he played the back end of the year. The way the he was flying in the votes. I think he came fourth anyway. He, he was yeah fifth. He was flying. He was flying. Um, George Hewitt is a very underrated player. He's very he's not really underrated amongst us. He's very 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 good. Um, but once again, you know, would you say George Hewitt's a better player than Jack Viney? No. So if you can get to, I agree. And if you can get Jack Viney said Jack Viney's you Jack Viney's unbelievable. Very very good. And career best. Yeah, he was very good. I think if he can get to that level as that third foil to your Oliver Petrarca Walsh Cripps, then that's the ceiling for him, which is a great ceiling. It's not even an insult to him. 
because I like Jack Varney. Oh, that's that's a massive yeah. compliment. I agree. And look, if, if those two are improving, I think Chera is just going to naturally go boom this year, like rocket. So oh, if, if those guys are flying, it's just going to be... It's going to be one-way traffic. Bluey says, favourite stand and level to watch footy at the G? Great question. I love seat allocation. <laughs> I love it. Um, well, I'm in the AFL members. So the, the Golden Bay at the MCG is N16. It's bang on the wing. If you're in level N16, two. level two, splits the middle, you're flying. Um, I'm a level... I'm one of those fans where I don't like sitting on the bottom level. I don't like putting my neck in a brace and having to like look to see the other side of the ground. I like the I like the whole ground being in full vision for me. So I'm always the higher I go is better than the lower I go. But level two at the MCG's pinpoint. Level three, I'm a bit weird because I'm an AFL. The AFL members allocation is very odd at Marvel. It's actually a bit scummy. It's we get shafted a bit at Marvel. So it's either you can get your reserve seat on level one or you just go straight to the top. Aisle thirty eight. Row G, seat one and two. I'm always there. <laughs> 38 splits the middle at Marvel. And the level, the top deck at Marvel is... I, I refuse to sit level one at Marvel. Yeah. Uh, I have to sit. I, yeah. For me, it's all about elevation. I, I think for me, it doesn't really matter where I am. Obviously, I prefer sitting on the wing. But as long as I'm elevated and I can see the ground, I'm happy. I'm a bit of a level two snob as well. I think that... It's obviously, in my opinion, the best place to watch the football. Slightly elevated, not too high, still close enough. Um, and yeah, for me, level two uh, on the wing is my desired seat. But I don't. I'm the same as you. I don't mind level four. Um, and yeah, I'd prefer to sit there than level one, just because you just. I don't know. My eyes aren't great. You can't see everything from level one. Yeah, um, I just like seeing the play unfold rather than hearing it unfold. Um, and Marvel, I really struggle on the bottom level. I really struggle. Mate, I grew up sitting... So, when... I think it was like our first membership. So, we got memberships and then we had to change seats. I can't remember why. This would have been when I was like 10 years old through till maybe... Oh, maybe even... It's like 8 to 10 through till like 13 years old. There was a good four or five seasons where we sat level one, like on the aisle where the players used to run out. Yeah. And being young, I just used to love being right next to the players and right up close to the front of the action. But it then got to a point where I just couldn't see. Yeah. And I thank my dad and my family for sitting there because they probably hated it, but Ooh. I was just so keen to get close to the players. Yeah. Um, but yeah, looking back at it now, I don't know how I did it for so long because I couldn't sit there now. No. But uh, yeah. Definitely, for me, desired outcome is level two. Uh, Kandau, the great man, says, Welcome back, boys. How do you see the new individual player management loads panning out this year as it's already been taking effect with a few boys up for selection this week without much game time? Geelong did it well last year. Can we do it right? You'd like... And it's a, it's a huge if. And it's one of those ifs where if you can get those variables which we can control in terms of that injury management... Injuries, you know... A lot of it, sometimes you just can't control. You know, it's just completely insensible. But it is about that management so we don't get the repeat injuries. So I hope it goes well. And it sounds like they've you know, monitored McGovern really, really well. Um, and I guess we'll see on Thursday night and we'll see how, I guess, Dirt and Motlop and those guys, even Owies, if he plays, they've all been carrying... And Pittenet, they've been carrying, you know, some niggles through the latter half of the off-season. We'll see. I guess it's one of those things, just we'll evaluate 
as we go. But it's it's vital. It is vital. JC2806 says, what is the ladder position pass mark for the year? I think the pass is six. Okay, I'll agree with that. Brett Cox says, can't wait for the season, boys. As always, look forward to your analysis. Thank you, Brett. Um, regarding the year ahead, I think the biggest challenge will be above the shoulders. Historically, we have struggled when expected to win. Yeah. Now that most are predicting finals, I hope we are tough mentally. Tough enough mentally. Yeah, for sure. And once again, look, it's so cliche, but a lot of the very good teams go through a year of complete and utter adversity before they go on. And we've just had that. Well, Richmond did it. Melbourne did it. A lot of them go through it. Geelong did it Geelong before did they went it, yeah. on to the you know the run of flags. I'm talking like 05, 06. Mm. It's disgusting for them. The Bulldogs did it. Port Adelaide, like home finals, 01, 02, 03, lost them all before mm. winning the flag. So I think a lot of teams do it. And I, I think it will... Uh, look, I'll put, it to the, I'll put it to you lightly. If the last fortnight of last year can't fire them the fuck up, <laughs> then nothing ever will because I was bedridden for a week after last year. I really, I, I actually, I'm actually really sick. I, I, I actually watched the final two minutes of the Colton Collingwood game the other day. Why? Yeah, I'm sick. I don't know. But I, I watched it just to gear me up a little bit because it's just fire in the belly. You know, they have to, you know, they, you know, they have to almost, it's, it was so shit, but they've almost got to embrace what happened at the end of last year and say, nah, never again. That will not happen to us. We're not that team. It's like after Geelong lost to Hawthorne. Yeah. Never again. I think they won nine in a row. Yeah. That can't be us again. And you have to use that as, you know, you saw the plays were absolutely on the the brink of tears after that game. And the fans, it was just, you know, that that, that is a game that rocked a football club. (laughs) And it really did. It was shattering. And if they can't use that as a motivator to get themselves right above the shoulders. And I'm not sure how much motivation they need. Yeah. Don't know if they can't use that. Nothing, nothing will work. Um, but I'm going to leave that one for after, cause that's going to be an interesting one. We'll end it with, uh, Adrian Sal says, do you see a place for Ed Kerno in the senior team? If so, how I do like the idea of him as a super sub. Yeah. I don't like him as a super sub. The only real role I see him, is as a defensive forward if you want to go and, you know, clamp down on the Jack Sinclair or a, that little Dacos boy at Collingwood or, you know, someone like that. Um, who's the new guy at Essendon? They said it's going to be Oxard. Dan Brosio might have to get the tag on him. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, Christian Chapcoon says, with Cowan and Hollands both being named, which of the two will, more, will play more games by season end? If I had to say one, I'd say Ollie Hollands. Yep, I I will agree with that. Uh, it's tight though. Brady Park says, "Looking forward to another year of listening, boys. Imagine you are driving to the ground and you hear someone is a laid out. Who are the top three? <laughs> who are the top three names that you, that you don't want to hear? <laughs> Very good. Mine are Weedering Crips and Charlie. That's a great question. <laughs> yeah, because it's just so obvious. <laughs> Last year, I'm I'm telling you, it was double digits for for people withdrawing from the team in between." The time between the Thursday team announcement and not even as a laid out, as like an early laid out. It was in the double digits. Yeah. <laughs> I would have to agree with him with those three players. Who did he say? Crips, Weeder and Kerno? Yeah. Yeah, I'll lock those in as well. Um, I'm going to go Crips, Weedering, 
Yeah, Kerno. Yeah, you have to. Those are the big three. Love Definitely Cripson. You can't live without Cripson Wiedering. I think Silvani's possibly another one. Yeah. I'd say Kerno. But or Walsh. I, I wouldn't want to lose George on Thursday yeah. night. Brady, that was great. Michael Joseph says, is it just me or it's going into a season with finals expectations for the first time in a decade? Really not as fun and seriously nerve-wracking. No, it sucks. But I'm embracing my new personality here. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm loving being positive. When people ask me how I think they're going to go, I think they expect me to say 12. All right, we've got two more questions here. Four. And we're going to, <laughs> and we're going to uh, mix them into one. Chris says... Not hating on Young, just looking for my for your thoughts on this. What are your thoughts on Young choosing to fist the ball as opposed to marking it when he can and should mark it? It's crazy. It is crazy. And the second half of that question, which yeah. is going to tie into the next question, theoretically, could Marchbank take Lewis Young's spot as the second key position defender this year? And then we're going to tie it in with Adam Papal's question of, can Tom DeConning play at centre-half back? Okay, this is so, good stuff. So, Well done, gents. I like it. So, really good questions there. Chris, firstly, could Marchbank take Young's spot as the second key defender? Very. What's he, your thoughts? He, he, could. he could. He could. I prefer him as an interceptor personally, and Same, I know McGovern's me, but, an interceptor, yeah. but I... Which is why I said at the, the top of the show, I struggle almost to see that balance of playing everyone. You know, it's, it's very tough. I, I, I can see, you know, if Young is... That far out of form, I don't see a reason why Marchbank would be any worse than how bad I've seen Lewis Young play a couple of games. And then you bring in Mr. DeConning. And I, I. The money man. I would be. you do it, Sydney. Whew. I'd be pretty. Use my frequent flyer points. I'd be pretty pissed off if they didn't try him in the back line this year. Because look how oh. good his brother is there. Yeah, but everyone says that. It's nah, like, but it's like he has the same attributes, Playing mate. in the back line is not a genetic thing. No, it's not, but it's easier than playing in the forward yeah, line. that it is. And oh. I think he... I think he is... Can we agree his biggest attributes him in the air when he goes up for a mark? That's his biggest attribute. Okay, yeah. Well, it is. He and takes, I, I just think he takes if a he's... a hanger of Fortnite. I just think if he's playing behind the ball... Yeah, I don't know. I I, you know, I, yeah. I think it could be. Good. I think it could be quite good. Well, they put, they deployed him that kick behind the play against Fremantle at Marvel last year, and he went okay in that game. Jesus, you have a crazy memory. It was last year. Yeah, but to remember that he played that specific role in that specific game, you just said it within one second. Like, oh, as in um, yeah, I watch him like a hawk. Um, but yeah, I I, I want to see him. I want to see him play that defensive role. Yeah, I don't it's, think I don't think he will because if he didn't last year when we literally yeah. had no one else, yeah, but or we didn't have Pitonet in the same. But I'd like to see or, it. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, yeah, if Lewis here, if look, if that is, I don't mind it. I don't mind it as a last resort. And to be fair, it's it's not even a last resort. It might just save himself to Conning. To Conning's such an easy one. I know I give him a hard time, and I give him a hard time for a good reason because we need players like DeConning to be really, really good. Mm. Um, and I think I was vindicated at the end of last year the fact he was dropped, and you know he's he's just not near a level where he we need him to be, and he should be, and he's not near a level where this media hypes. You know, the the rumors of eight years for Tom DeConning is a joke. Like you had to bring that up, didn't you? I did because it's a joke. 
As a football fan, not speaking as a car, I think it's great for the Carlton Football Club because you're going to get two first round picks for someone that I think is a fringe player. I find it just... Do you not find it bonkers? Um, eight years. Yeah, well, eight years has only ever been given to one player and that's eight. Mr. Franklin and he got nine. It's No one's ever got more than seven other than Franklin, I don't think. I could be wrong. I, I, I don't know. But it's Maybe just, it was Josh. Oh, Alistair Lynch did, got 10 years back in the day. Did Josh... But, Oh, yeah, fair. Yeah, Josh um, Kelly might have got nine. I was going to say, yeah. did Josh Kelly get... Anyway. Uh, whatever. It's... This is... I, I laugh. There was a... I always send it to you. This SEN... SEN did a poll two weeks ago on who is the biggest out-of-contract player, who will be the biggest out-of-contract player at season's end, and the options were Tom DeConning, Cozzy Pickett, Ben Mackay, and Darcy Parrish, right? So, guns. Three like, guns. Three players that are definitively better than Tom DeConning. And Tom DeConning got 46% of the vote. <laughs> it's just crazy. Like, I'm not being mean, but it's just like, I, 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 we need him to be good. I want him to be good. I just don't think he has been good. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I get it. And that's it. fair. But, like, it's just, it bewilders me. And I love it. Because and it and it's it's going to make selection with him very interesting, just in terms of you know, you need you you know they, they're going to play him for the first stanza of the season because he will play. Mm. I don't have an issue with him. I don't have a major issue with him playing at the as I sit here right now. But it's like if he isn't playing well enough to warrant a spot, then how do you go about keeping that two first round pick value? Because I want. I want to. I even want to go to Sydney and say, "Oh, you're taking our gun, Ruckman, like our superstar." <laughs> you know what's what are these plays doing next year? You know, how's your row bottom? How's your Florent? How's your McInerney? You know, we're going to package them up. Eight year deal. <laughs> like Dylan Stevens? Yeah, oh, you can... wouldn't mind Dylan Stevens. Oh, what's what's Callum Mills up to? Um, no, nah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Twitter questions in the book for this week. Thank you to everyone who contributed. We look forward to getting more of them throughout the year. But before the, the we end the show- The fact I've just gone on about that for five minutes, I'm going to do this with you right here. I'm going to put money on Tom <laughs> DeConning to kick three plus goals on Thursday night. Um, that would be ridiculous. He's going to but- silence me for the next episode. Um, Gee, Carlton at $2.13. Gamble responsibly, but shit, I love it. Uh, the early crow. Yeah. What's your early crow for this year? So just an early call. That's maybe a headline we'll see. It's yeah. an early crow for this year. This is year. a really audacious one, but I believe it. I reckon the towers, they're an entity. The towers, 150 between them. <gasps> that would be mental. Yeah. Early crow. So you reckon they'll kick 150 between them? I don't necessarily think it will happen, but I think they'll go very close. I think this could be the most, this is going to be the modern, this is the modern day powerhouse duo. This is it. Had the year to get to know each other, say g'day. Hi, I'm Charlie. Hi, I'm Harry. <laughs> Let's go. 150. Um, it's very, if, if I kick 150, who do you think is going to win it? The Norm Smith. <laughs> if they kick 150, <laughs> they'll be there. Um... Yeah, for me, early headline we'll be seeing is uh, hmm. I think I think Mr. Weedering will finally I'll get the get blazer. blazer. Well, we've had the blazer in the closet <laughs> now for three or four years. It's didn't deserve it last. He made the forty last year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I didn't think he should have. He didn't have a I great. Think he should have. 
No, I do. you should have made the team the two years beforehand. Got absolutely shafted by these people that just came out of thin air. Well, the year that well, the year that Darcy yeah, Moore year was a joke. The the Darcy Moore year was a bit of a joke, but it was like no, I. We yeah. thought he was better, but it was. I can handle the early, early one. Well, they're just make totally different players. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, we've spoken about that. Weedering all Australian for you. Yeah. Who? How many players on our list do you think could make the all Australian team? Like, I think disagree with me if I say one that you don't yeah. agree with. Weedering, Walsh, Chris, Kerno, Mackay. Yep. Doherty, Saad. Yep. yep. That's seven. No. It's- so those are seven. They've already made all Australian yeah, teams. And, and, those seven. And, and I'd like Adam Chera's season to include an all-australian 40 selection i don't really expect him to be a top seven eight mid in the game but you know top 15 to 18 i'd like mm. to see him around that mark well maybe sam durden that's all we've got how can we end this end the show on sam durden come on mate <laughs> let's end it on jesse motlop who's going to kick his first bag of five against richmond in round one well, that'd be nice i think it'll happen Ooh. i think he'll kick four goals jesse motlop one a quarter so if Motlop kicks four and De Conning kicks three, that's seven. And the Towers are going to kick 150 between them, so they're averaging about three games. We're up to 13 goals. <laughs> Looking good. Hollands will kick one on debut. Akers will kick one on debut. Yeah. Chera's going to have a big year, so he better kick one. Walsh, Walsh isn't playing. Cripps is the reigning Brownlow medalist. Yeah. He's going to have to kick one. So there's a lot of goals adding up here. And then Silvani and Dirt, and well, they're playing in the forward line. They're going to have to kick goals. Sounds juicy. <laughs> I don't like this optimism. Nah, it's funny though. It's a big game. It's a big game for the club. Gonna well, be, it's going to be it's packed house. We're going to end the show with Sell your prediction, out. Bolt. Prediction for Thursday night. Whew. Who's going to win and by how much for the first time in 2023? Carlton will win by 28. Oh, come on, mate. You just said you don't like the optimism and then bang. No. I'm an AFL fan when I speak about these things. Realist. I, I, I actually... Th- I, I, it's a 50-50 game, but I actually think we're just going to be too quick for them. I actually think we'll overwhelm them a little bit. But I wouldn't be surprised if we lost. My lucky number's three. Carlton by three. Oh, yucky. Yuck. <laughs> Thank you, Bolt. Blue baggers, big year ahead. Tune into Twitter Spaces Wednesday night when the teams drop. Uh, that is going to be our regular slot for this year, Bolt, is when the teams drop, we'll be on a Twitter Spaces. Uh, and then big podcast we'll do a recording after the game on thursday night and get it up by friday morning but uh if we win the podcast will be done or yeah we'll get it done thursday we'll get it done thursday night either way we'll go for some drinks if we win yeah we'll go out for some drinks and then we'll come back a bit loose and do a potty thank you we did that last year yeah correct midnight slot yeah uh bolt thank you no worries big year ahead see you at the footy we'll see you on thursday night with ninety thousand. Fans, hopefully 75,000 blue baggers at the MCG for an absolute, an absolute- It's a heavyweight rumble. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Bolt. Thank you, blue baggers. Big year ahead. Go Blues. And they will know that they've been playing against the famous